Are you a frequent lover? Join our loyalty program online or the next time that you visit Lover's Lane and start earning those points and redeeming your rewards. We have a new Intimacy Advisor blog that's full of great articles to keep your love life exciting. Check out IntimacyAdvisor.com for tips, tricks, and advice for your best sex ever. More romance, more intimacy, Welcome back to the Intimacy Advisor Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a romance specialist in our stores, an intimacy expert online, and the host of the Intimacy Advisor Podcast, which is all about love, sex, romance, and today we're going to talk about open relationships, which I think to some is still a new thing, maybe just because it's different than what you've had in the past or you've been seeing a lot of, I mean, technically non-monogamous relationships popping up in, I've seen it a lot in TV recently and actually I've seen it in my friends and people have questions on it. So it's kind of interesting, but nonetheless, I mean, this type of relationship can be extremely fulfilling as long as you are comfortable with a lot of communication because that is truly what is key for something like this to work. And I think that's just a great practice for monogamous couples. So don't think that if you want monogamy that this episode or some of this advice doesn't pertain to you because there are truly a lot of expectations that go into a relationship and choosing to be monogamous with each other emotionally, sexually, anything like that, that is that is a huge commitment that you give to one another. And for some people, it just doesn't fit who they are and that is perfectly valid. But if you have ever wondered what it's like to be in something non-monogamous or if you're curious about opening your relationship, there really are so many ways to do it. None of them are right or wrong. It's just about you know, creating your own set of boundaries rather than following a book of this is how it should be if you're unhappy or if something that you want sexually, emotionally is not getting fulfilled. Being able to have that communication and go back to your person or maybe your primary and figure out what works is an amazing skill to have in relationships. If you've heard terms like polyamory or, you know, being non-monogamous or monogamish, I love that one. I think that's interesting. There's swinging, there's throuples, there's having like a hall pass type thing. They're all definitely different, but they do fall under the category of having multiple partners or sexual partners. And the thing that I think is so interesting with something like this is the number one sexual desire in the United States is group sex. And that is, you know, obviously a form of non-monogamy. It's not one person that you're having sex with. So if that looks like something like threesomes or, you know, having an orgy or even giving your relationship a new look with non-monogamy, I'm just hoping that this episode will kind of maybe help those dealing with jealousy or, you know, creating your own rules for a non-monogamous relationship if that's something you're interested in. Or if you're just like, hey, no, I'm, I am not about this. Well, I'll tell you what, it is growing. So being educated on possibly your friend's situations, co-worker situations, even your kids' classmates, they 
might have multiple parents and respecting that people in non-monogamous relationships require a lot of trust, communication, and respect. It can be a great partnership. So before I kind of dive into a bunch of term words about polyamory, I kind of wanted to go over, you know, some differences because some are really similar to others. And when I first read about open relationships, I think this is a few years back now, I decided, you know, maybe this one would work or this one. And I just was reading the words, kind of thinking that I knew what they meant. But I think now, you know, after you establish really not just what you want, not what you think is going to work for you, but your person or your partner and having that communication with them and just seeing if it's something that they would ever be interested in or if they have similar needs or desires and you're not sure or you know it's all about communication it doesn't hurt to ask and if the thought of asking is like scaring you that maybe they could react negatively all that that requires is more communication well obviously there's a need that I have that's not met or saying listen, this is what's been on my mind. I just wanted to bring it up to you. And if it's not going to work with you, then we'll figure it out either way. Having things like that and a safe space to communicate about something that's really vulnerable, like maybe bringing another person into your relationship or seeing another person by yourself outside of your relationship, it's a lot to ask, especially if you've been in something that's monogamous this whole time. So obviously, monogamy is the practice of having a sexual relationship with only one partner. And I am just going to take a guess by our audience that that's probably where most of the people listening are at. It's where most of the world is. But non-monogamy, polyamory, monogamish even, couples, ethically non-monogamous couples. Like I said, it's growing. It's interesting. It's it's good to, to know about. So polyamory is kind of the opposite, I would say, of monogamy because in polyamory, there is a lot. I mean, <laughs> I think the thing that happens with polyamory more than anything is monogamous couples look at a polyamorous couple and thinks, dang, they have sex with everybody. <laughs> they can have sex with whoever they want. And truthfully, that is not the case. Well, yes, that could be your understanding that let's say I was in a polyamorous relationship and my primary and I decided that we can be open with whoever we so choose sexually and emotionally. That is a lot of checking in with your partner and saying, well, I have a date tonight. Um, where are the kids going to be? I have a date tonight. Where should I go? I, you know, my other partner and I are fighting. I'm in a bad mood. It's just, it's a lot of time that goes into your emotional and sexual relationships and in ro- romantic relationships. And it's a lot of understanding and communication. But anyway, a polyamorous relationship is engaging in multiple sexual relationships with, this is the big part, with consent of all those involved. So it, let's say I was polyamorous and I went out to go on a date with somebody. Obviously, that person might think that I am single, but it is my responsibility to my primary person to inform this new person that I'm dating that I am in a committed relationship and we are polyamorous. And if, let's say, I had a primary, which is somebody who would be the main person that you're romantically or sexually involved with. For example, this could be somebody that you're married to or someone that you live with. Maybe you have kids with this person. Some polyamorous relationships, I will say, they, they don't have a primary. But if you do, this is the person that you're going to create those boundaries of expanding your relationship with. And while communication is important for every single partner, this is kind of who you make that groundwork and those rules up with to know what's right for 
your partnership. So then let's say I went on a date with somebody that wasn't my primary and we developed kind of a a nice casual hangout or sexual relationship and maybe emotional relationship only. Maybe it could be like something that is a kink that your primary person doesn't enjoy doing or just any kind of need maybe that you're not getting fulfilled within that primary relationship which is possibly why you opened it in the first place or maybe your primary person is getting something outside in relationships that maybe you're not comfortable with of course you can still love that person and care for them and want to be in their life I mean hey what if they decide that they're bisexual and you knew that maybe when you got married and maybe now they're married to a woman and they want to be able to have sex with men occasionally, and obviously you can't give that to them. It's just about the way that you think about these relationships. There's all this gray area that could be possibly missing or you feel like you're held to a high standard and it's affecting your mental health, could be affecting your physical health. Maybe there's a kink that involves impact or something that somebody has trauma with so they can't give them a desire that they need and they find it elsewhere in somebody else with a lot of communication and trust and knowing that that's all that they need or if they do want an emotional relationship outside of your relationship because maybe they're social butterflies and it's really hard for them to give love to one person when they know that they have love for everyone. And then there's kind of all of these in-between open relationships, ethically non-monogamous, like I said, monogamish, having like a hall pass or something like that, that are kind of the bridge between monogamy and polyamory. And it's completely fine to maybe try something, discuss as long as you are checking in with your person, seeing how it's going, and maybe you decide that you are going to be ethically non-monogamous, which basically means that you are going to tell whoever else you're sexually or emotionally involved in that you are in a committed relationship, you're not looking for anything serious, you know, something like that. Maybe it's just a sexual relationship or even just a kink relationship or emotional, but it's not like you're looking for somebody to be a staple in your primary relationship if that makes any sense. If you guys have questions, of course, email me or something because it's a lot of information. If you're new to this or if you've only seen monogamous couples and now you're curious on something else. I think another one that I've actually, (laughs) I know this is kind of silly, but I've been seeing it a lot on TikTok. There's a few different thruple couples, units, I guess, thruples, that are gaining a ton of popularity. They have millions and millions of followers. So I know that people are definitely interested in their lifestyle. They have a lot of questions and I've been kind of keeping up because I'm curious on them as well, but it could be three people to a unit. So let's say that I had a boyfriend and we decided that we wanted to bring a girlfriend into our partnership and that could be like a threesome type thing or it could be a real thruple. I would be having just as equal of a relationship with a female as my partner does. And then kind of another bridge in between there is two couples that kind of all date each other. So that would be a quad. People like the man could date the man and his partner, the woman, and they would all kind of be exclusive to each other, but there would be four people involved. And I feel like I'm explaining this to a little bit more of like a monogamous audience, just so you guys are aware of all the different types of couples and non-monogamy. But absolutely, these people can be non-binary or transgender, pansexual, bisexual. So I hope that is not confusing or you're hung up on male, female terms. It's everybody. So you kind of develop this little network 
of people that are your romantic relationships in polyamory. And that little network is known as a polycule. It's, you know, if you can imagine that you're, you know, the center and then your partner is connected to you and then maybe your partner has a partner that's that you're not involved with, but you have a partner different than your primary partner, maybe your secondary, and they're married. And maybe you have also had a relationship with their wife or something. I mean, there's just kind of a lot that could be happening. So actually what I've heard from one of my friends that was kind of funny and interesting, they're in a polyamorous relationship, is that they have met somebody, went on a date with them, and didn't even realize that that person that they were going on a date with would kind of already be in their polycule. So it's almost like, oh, perfect. I know this will work because I like your partner or something. Some couples want to know about their other partner and make sure that they are okay with this. And But really, the whole idea of polyamory is trust. So having so much trust that you know that when you go out on a date to possibly be with sexually or romantically involved with another person that you're just trusting that that's your agreement. Simple as that. And the thing that is like I need to emphasize here is none of these relationships are cheating. If you are thinking that, oh, well, maybe being non-monogamous will help my partner from cheating so much because he'll just have a free pass to do it because that's our agreement and I can't get mad or something like that. That is not the right way to go. I just had to throw that in there before before I start talking a little bit more about this polycule because there are actually names for maybe your partner's partner. That would be called a metamor. It's someone that you're not involved with, but your primary or another one of your partners, that's maybe their primary or another one of their partners. It's your meta. I'm going to use myself for a lot of these because for me, like constructing the image of okay my partner's partner it's 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 uh, gets confusing because there is a little polycule happening so let's say that i was married and my partner had a girlfriend right so referring to that person the the girlfriend she would be a paramour. It's an outside member of a marriage. And then let's say that that girlfriend had another partner, another girlfriend or boyfriend, and that would be a telemor. So this is confusing a little bit. It's my partner's partner's other partner. So that would be like four people away. So if I'm standing here, my partner is my husband and he's dating a girl and her partner, that is a telemor. <laughs> And of course, you can look all these up too. I found a lot of good verbiage on Kinkly, um, but I mean, Google searching polyamory terms is actually a great thing to do if you know somebody that's in a polyamorous relationship or you're thinking about becoming in one yourself. There's also a lot of great books. I read this book about a year ago now, and I think it's a staple for anybody that is curious, wants to know more about any type of a non-monogamous relationship and it's called The Ethical Slut and it is available on Amazon, Burns and Noble, things like that. It's by two authors named Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. And it's the third edition, so it's been read quite a bit. It's been adjusted as time goes on. And it's from two people that have been involved in non-monogamous relationships since I believe like the 1970s. So there's a lot of wisdom there. But there's a lot of really great books. One is called Opening Up. It's a guide to creating and sustaining open relationships. There are actually podcasts all about ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, open relationships in general. But I hope that this kind of serves as a window for maybe those that are monogamous and have never even thought about 
non-monogamy in your relationship and maybe it could be something that you're interested in or if one of your friends co-workers family members is in an open relationship and you're unsure about what that looks like so I kind of pulled up you know the term ethically non-monogamous for a while it's also consensually non-monogamous which are relationships that accept sex um, generally and not romantic relationships to be in a primary relationship and I, I think kind of the bulk of non-monogamy is there and in polyamory while something like a hall pass is the one night that maybe it has an expiration date or something oh yeah you can you can sleep with this person tonight and it almost has a very limited boundary to it and then one other term that I kind of threw around a little bit that is worth I think talking about is monogamish which is saying you know that yeah I have a monogamous relationship most of the time but there could be a couple nights a month or maybe we invite another to join our relationship and it's mostly a monogamous relationship with the occasional time where you are open so I know that was a lot of information (laughs) and some people might have turned the episode off or just have their heads exploding over the thought of that it's different it's just it's different and it could be really exciting for your relationship maybe you like paused this and you already texted your significant other like listen this is like valid we can do this (laughs) and I hope that you do feel that way there's a lot of things that you have to consider before moving forward with an open relationship you have to like first and foremost like realize if this sounds exciting to you because if you can't see your Cinderella story with this or if this doesn't sound like something that isn't going to cause jealousy or you getting upset you know if those emotions arise every time that you go be with another person or your partner's with another person then maybe that's not right for you that's okay now how would you feel about going on first dates again would that be awful for you like oh thank god I got married I'd never want to go on a first date again probably not gonna be open to a non-monogamous relationship but if you're like oh that's exciting like just something different and I could feel wanted differently than how my partner wants me then you might want to move forward but you also need to consider how would you feel if your partner is developing a sexual or meaningful relationship with someone else if you are single and you are like in love with this idea of being able to kind of be open maybe that's the reason why you're single is commitment is hard sexually or you you just know that you need more than one person then perfect you're in a great spot to start a non-monogamous relationship but if you're already in a primary monogamous relationship and you are trying to see your partnership in non-monogamy and you are getting feelings of your stomach sinking or sadness, jealousy, anger, anything like that, I'm just going to put you on pause right now. You might have to really think if that's worth, honestly, yes, testing your relationship because that's exactly what it is. Let's say that somebody went on a, like one of my partners or my partner went on a date with somebody else and they got home and maybe the date didn't go well and so now I'm excited that they're home and I want to spend time with them and they're in a bad mood because they didn't have a good time so it's my responsibility to not get upset that they're in a bad mood I need to be able to talk to them and figure out what's wrong and what I can do different and how we can work through their problem and if I'm going to be jealous or angry that it was because of another person causing them their disarray then it's going to make my person even more upset that now they have two partners that are getting upset with them and in something like that too you might want to discuss how many details you want to know about your partner's relationships or encounters you know some people in open relationships they want to know if you have 
had like a good time on a date or if you had sex or even if the sex was pleasurable, well, a lot of other people kind of know that they have this agreement. They know it exists and they don't really feel the need to discuss it after every date unless it needs to be. There's four key values about open relationships and I think the ones that absolutely every, even monogamous relationships can benefit from are like what I keep saying, trust. Trust is like the biggest one. If you're going to do something like this, you need to know that you trust your primary partner to make the right decisions whenever they arise for your relationship. And next is communication. It has to be open, honest, and it has to be all the time. There's a huge joke about polyamorous couples and people are like, yeah, they get to have sex all the time but and with whoever, but really they are talking more than anything to make sure that everyone is okay with the arrangement that they have. And the next is consent because you cannot have any type of consensual non-monogamy with no consent. You need it with everyone that's involved. It's not a free-for-all. You know, it's a lot of talking and making sure that everyone is on the same page. Because without consent, it's cheating. And that is not what someone in this type of relationship is trying to do. Even though it seems foreign, if you are in a monogamous relationship and that is where you see yourself in the long run, know that these things exist with no cheating. My favorite value about non-monogamy is all of the mutual respect that metas and paras and telemores have for each other and to know if that's, you know, you and your primary's anniversary, if it's your wedding date, if it's, if your your kid's birthday, everyone has to have this respect for each other, not just between you and your primary, that should be obvious, but the whole polycule. There are also people that are considered ambiamorous, which I think, you know, I maybe I would say that I would fall under um, because I am really open to non-monogamy, though it's not where I've been. And that's just me being really honest with whoever's listening and maybe somebody that wants some advice because you are in a monogamous relationship and you don't know where to go from here and you're intimidated to talk to people that are polyamorous because maybe you're uneducated. And that's where I thought that I kind of stood for a long time in something that was non-monogamous, but ambiamorous really is somebody that could be happy in either an open or a closed relationship. And if you know that, you know, maybe while you were dating, you have always been in a monogamous relationship and then you started to date a couple people in a polyamorous relationship. And as long as you're having that communication, trust, consent, and respect, that it worked great. So for yourself to have a fulfilled relationship in both either a monogamous or open relationship is interesting. And it's it's a gray area that is in between two severities of, of black and white. But regardless of your idea of why you want a relationship that's maybe sexually open or emotionally open, if somebody in your maybe primary relationship that you're talking about this with is not open into this idea to be non-monogamous, it's probably not going to work because there's going to be a lot of resentment, fear, and they're not going to want to communicate about what's happening. And that's where cheating could happen. And if you are doing an arrangement like this because of cheating, there's no trust in those four key values of open relationship. And that is what's going to completely destroy, I believe, a primary relationship absolutely unless a lot of therapy is involved. And if your relationship is in a bad place and you think it's about to end and you're kind of doing this last 
last-ditch effort to save a relationship with non-monogamy, it's going to go bad because if your relationship is broken and you add more people to it, it's not going to be successful. And I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that non-monogamous and polyamorous relationships experience jealousy often. Just because that's your agreement and just because you have trust, communication, consent, and respect does not mean that you are not human. And jealousy is a very real emotion that happens in romantic, sexual, or emotional relationships. Kind of unfortunately, it takes a lot of awkward conversations and vulnerability and openness to be able to work through that jealousy. But if you can do it, then I am so excited for you. I feel like I threw you guys a lot of information for this episode. It's something that I've I continue to get asked about. There's a lot of talk. There used to be a lot of talk of threesomes. And now I see a lot more online and in the store. And customers ask me, and I've had a couple of you email me too, about non-monogamous relationships and how to make them work. So I hope that this episode served as kind of a window into non-monogamy and I think I might do another episode about it in the future. So if you liked this, if it helped you, if it made you think, if you're angry at me, if you know any emotion happened here when you were listening to this, send me an email. My email is Haley, it's H-A-L-E-Y at loverslane.com or you can reach out on Facebook or the Intimacy Advisor Podcast. We're also on Twitter. Our handle is I-A underscore pod and we're on Instagram at Intimacy Advisor Pod, all one word. Our next episode is in March and we're going to have Dr. C.D. Ellison, author of Tickle is Pickle, Mystery of the undercover clitoris a bunch of best-selling fun sexual help books and we'll talk to her and see what she thinks about open relationships and fun sexual adventures as well so i'll talk to you again next monday you guys have a great day lovers lay, lovers lay, lovers lay. Lay. couples that play together stay together